Thank you for joining us, Mohammed. Uh, Mohammed is the co-founder of Crew and the author of an upcoming book titled Pipeline as Code. How are you today, Mohammed? I'm great. Thanks for having me, uh, Phil and Ryan. So to dive right into it, I figure our first question will be, uh, but how you see uh, continuous delivery and continuous deployment is different? Like, what is each's uh, each process's respective use case as far as you see it? Yeah, so so the difference is is uh, is the the human intervention. So basically, when you are talking about continuous deployment, you you mean that you are deploying everything that goes to your remote repository to a to a staging uh, environment. However, when we are talking about uh, continuous delivery, uh, you have some uh, business validation or some human intervention before uh, uh, the deployment uh, goes to, to production. So basically, in terms of the, of the pipeline, it's the same. Uh, so it's the same stages that will be executed. It just for the de continuous deployment, you don't need any uh, human intervention or business validation. Uh, but for the con continuous uh, delivery, you will need someone to validate uh, the, the, the release before it goes to, to a production or a staging environment. And uh, what are the circumstances where a team might want to have that human intervention? Is it are we talking about like where security is but like a higher concern? Is so there will be a lot of uh, considerations uh, where you in where when you want to deploy to to have continuous delivery. Uh, one of them is uh, basically having a quality assurance team uh, to. Uh, for instance, to, uh, to ensure that all releases are validated in terms of uh, uh, acceptance criteria and all the tests are, are successful, are, are passed. So you need to, to have this ensured before uh, the deployment uh, goes to production. And also, it depends also on the way you are working within the company. So for instance, you have a lot of people that using uh, sprints of one week. So when you have a lot of users that using your product, uh, sometimes you don't want to deploy your release uh, uh, in the middle of the week. So you want to, uh, to wait to have a, uh, a release that has a lot of features uh, before doing that. So, so I think it's, it's, good thing to start with continuous delivery before having continuous deployments. So I have worked on multiple uh, positions before. I have worked on early stage startups and on big firms. And uh, uh, what people need to remember is just uh, uh, they need to keep it small and keep it simple in the beginning before uh, heading to continuous delivery so or continuous deployment. So you can first start with just having a remote repository and uh, with having a CI server like Jenkins or others that will just check the source code and build the, 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 the packages before uh, uh, thinking about uh, doing the deployment. Right. And uh, Mohammed, yeah, you write in your book that continuous uh, deployment in particular is uh, is great, but uh, that sometimes uh, users and customers would prefer maybe not to see those automatic uh, continuous deployments uh, quite so frequent. Is it is it too much sometimes? Yeah. So it depends on the target user. So I think if you are working for a big firm and uh, you are working on something, uh, a product which is uh, quite uh, specific, 
which requires a lot of, uh, of interaction with the, the clients. We need to set up the documentation. You need to update the change logs. So there is a lot of, uh, a lot of operational and also a lot of logistic behind the, the, the deployments. So sometimes it's a good idea to not do frequent releases within the week and do some kind of badges. However, you need to have some staging environments to be prepared when you want to uh, to deploy your, your release. So you need uh, to have multiple environments so you can deploy your changes uh, when you are ready to do it on production. To ask maybe a, another table setting question, uh, in, in your book, you overview three categories of uh, CI tools. And so I was, uh, I was wondering if you can just kind of lay those out for us here. So basically the, the, the most uh, famous ones are open source tools. So you have uh, things like Jenkins. You have also SaaS platforms like CircleCI, Travisa, etc. You have also cloud-oriented tools like uh, CloudBuild and AWS Code Pipeline, etc. So, so there is some kind of overlap in terms of features uh, and uh, also it depends also on what you are using uh, at the moment so if you are already using something like AWS or GCP maybe you will go with the service that is provided by these cloud providers if you are using something like Jira or Confluence maybe you will go with Bamboo because they have a better integration with Jira etc if you are still early stage startup, maybe you will use something like Circle CI or Travis CI because they are well integrated with GitHub. Uh, if you are using GitLab, maybe you will go with GitLab CI. So, so for me, uh, you need to pick the tool that works the best for you. For this book, I went with Jenkins just to illustrate the concepts of pipeline as good, but all the all the stuff that I have covered on this book can be applied easily on other uh, CI servers. Uh, you are actually getting at a point I was going to ask about. I was going to ask uh, how how mutually exclusive these categories are, and also to to whom each category is the most relevant and kind of the most usable. So, for for instance, to give you a real world example, I have a lot of experience with Jenkins. Right now, I have uh, started a new company, and uh, right now we are using CircuitSUI because it doesn't require a lot of operational doesn't require uh, maintenance and upgrades it's uh, uh, it, it integrates very well with 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 github but once we start to scale and once we will start to do some complex pipeline maybe we will migrate to something more advanced like like jenkins or so it depends on the on the phase and also on the project you are working on so uh, I think for beginners, they can simply go with GitHub Actions or something like CircleCI. It might get uh, it gets the job done. Uh, for for people that are that have advanced use cases and a lot of projects to maintain and might have a dedicated DevOps team uh, to 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 manage uh, the infrastructure, maybe they will go with something like Jenkins or a cloud provided uh, service like Cloud uh, Code Pipeline or Cloud Builder on GCP. Right. And Mohammed, uh, with uh, the CI tools from the big cloud vendors, uh, I'm thinking about Azure Pipelines, AWS Code Pipeline, uh, what, what do you think of those? Are there good use, case, use cases for uh, where those might be uh, better than an open source option or uh, 
that are suited to a particular uh, audience? So they are, they are great if you are already using, for example, if we take AWS as an example, if you are already using AWS services like Lambda, SQS, SNS, DC2, et cetera. So they are uh, integrated out of the box with the services. So we will have a native integration with the services so you can uh, execute all the deployments and all the, the SDK stuff of AWS from this, uh, from this services. Uh, however, if, your EWS, it's not your main infrastructure, and you have uh, well uh, diverse of projects. Uh, so, for instance, you have a web application, iOS application, all the web applications. So, it might not be a good uh, a good choice for people because it requires a lot of scripting and a lot of work around to do. And those services are quite uh, quite early, uh, uh, and they are not. Uh, mature yet so they were just released uh, i think two or three years ago so there is a lot of things that are not working uh perfectly uh, it's not like jenkins which exists uh, more than 10 years now uh so and also if you are using the services you will have a problem what we call locking so it will be locked to the services so you may, you may have some trouble moving in to another cloud provider, or if you want to try services locally, you will have this uh, will have this problem because, for instance, with Jenkins, you can just uh, download a Docker image for Jenkins and you can uh, run it locally. However, with services that are running in the cloud, you will have a lot of trouble if you want to test uh, stuff that are uh, that are happening on AWS or others uh, locally. You mentioned Jenkins quite a bit. Uh, that's uh, that's the example that you use in your book. Uh, you find it uh, obviously pretty compelling. Uh, what um, what do you think it is about Jenkins that uh, uh, that works so efficiently for this? I think Jenkins. It's more about the community. So you have a lot of plugins that exist uh, today in the market for all the for all the platforms that you might use during your CI/CD uh, pipeline. So you have integration for SonarCube, for AWS, for GCP, for Selenium, etc. cetera. Uh, however, it's not really a perfect solution. So, so a lot of people uh, are frustrated by the UI and UX experience when uh, they are dealing with Jenkins. So people at, at Jenkins did uh, a lot of efforts and the last couple of months and they have released what we call a blue ocean mode in which you can have Jenkins on a better UI. Uh, it's not that perfect yet, but they are, they are, they are doing a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, work to improve the, the user experience. So I prefer Jenkins just because it's quite, uh, uh, it's quite uh, easy to use uh beside the, the the operational overhead if you want to maintain it and to deploy it but it's really easy to use because you will find a lot of resources and a lot of materials on internet and how you can get started you have tons of plugins on the on the marketplace that you can download for free you can also create your custom plugins because uh, uh, basically, if you uh, have already done Java or Groovy, you can write your own plugin for a, for a custom integration and you can publish it with the, with, with the others easily. And uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's more for, for the community and for the resources that are available online. Uh, that's why I, 
for me, uh, Jenkins, uh, it's, uh, it's a complete solution. However, I have tried, as I said, other solutions and they works also perfectly. So I think the readers or the listener, what they need to remember just uh, they need to understand completely how CI/CD works. And at the end of the day, Jenkins is just a tool that you can use. And uh, what matters is how you can uh, implement and achieve continuous delivery and continuous deployment. And this is what I was trying to do on my book is to illustrate the concepts and not the tools. Uh, another topic I wanted to ask about is that I think, you know, you know oftentimes well, we write about CICD uh, in terms of, you know, the people doing it. It's often, you know, like bigger tech companies, you know, your companies in Silicon Valley, your Microsofts. But I, I think um, it's important to keep in mind a lot of shops still do like the IT shops do like a waterfall style releases, big style releases. Like they, they simply, they're, they're working with a legacy application in terms of like they they just haven't gotten around to adopting like CICD. And so I'd be curious what like essentially like do you, do you see there being a, essentially, is it in these legacy shops interest to maybe start thinking about switching to CICD? Are there some CICD like practices they could adopt and kind of like apply to their waterfall shop? It's a, uh, I'll leave it as an open-ended question, but yeah, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so basically, uh, this is what uh, what uh, I have covered in the first chapter because the even the the book it's more related for cloud native application for people that are already using Kubernetes or service application running on Lambda function, etc. But I think those concepts can also be applied when you are dealing with the monolithic applications and. Uh, and people that still using waterfall uh, cycles during the development. Uh, so for me, it just, they need to, to, uh, to, to, to keep it uh, simple in the beginning. They don't need uh, to automate everything uh, in the beginning. Uh, for instance, we know that uh, automating unit tests or integration tests requires a lot of time. And this is one of the things that, uh, uh, what, what oh, that makes a roadblock for people when they when they want to uh, to implement CI/CD because first they, they heard CI/CD and they they say that's great we, we can implement this uh, within the company but once they get started they they find out that they have a lot of legacy uh, they need to modernize their infrastructure first it's also a mindset a mindset shift in terms of the organizational culture etc because devops it's not just tools it's just practices and it's a way of thinking so uh, and also when they uh, the for, for instance they, they they choose a size server it requires a lot of maintenance it requires a lot of uh, a lot of uh, operational uh, overhead so at the end of the day they will drop up drop out the solution and they will keep uh, working with the with the with the current uh, workflow so my my advice for people is just to to keep it simple uh, what they can do first is just start by having uh, a centralized repository in which they will have all the source code there uh, they might go further and have some kind of uh, git flow model or branching strategy to uh, to structure this source code. So that way they can uh, have uh, something uh, uh, simple to, uh, to, uh, to, to, uh, to track the different releases on the different uh, versions of the source codes. And once they have this structured on a remote repository, either on a GitHub or a GitLab or even 
or on SVN or repository, uh, then they can uh, start with the with a built server. So my advice for people is to go with with the one uh, that uh, doesn't require a lot of uh, maintenance and a lot of setup, especially for early stage startups when you have the person that is uh, del uh, that that is uh, setting up all this stuff is the CTO. So he has a lot of work to do. And if he adds the maintenance and the hosting of uh, something like Jenkins, it will be a, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to deal with. Once they have once they have once they have chosen a size server, they can, for instance, start with a pipeline that will just check out the source code once you push something to this remote repository and it will build uh, the, the 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 package or compile the source code. So this is the I think this is the basic or the most simple pipeline they can they can start with, and then along along uh, the run they can start for instance writing unit tests, uh, adding some coverage reports before going to integration tests because doing integration tests or end-to-end -end tests it requires a lot of uh, a lot of work a lot of time because. Uh, UI test uh, will uh, changes frequently, so so if you start implementing them first, uh, you will have some trouble uh, being synchronized with all the with all the changes that we do frequently on the UI, and and you will end up dropping the the uh, dropping the the pipeline, and you will have with something which is outdated. At the end, and at the end of the day, we want the pipeline to bring value to the, the team, and not, and we don't want it to be a roadblock or something people that will be frustrated with. So I think for people uh, that are still using uh, waterfall cycles or legacy applications, uh, my advice for them is just start with the simplest pipeline and iterate over it. It's they, they need to treat it the same way they treat their application. So what I do, for instance, on my current company is I try to uh, to improve this pipeline on each sprint. I add some extra blog or update the, the, the pipeline or improve it or improve it or add, for instance, Slack notification, etc. And that way you will, uh, uh, in the long run, you will end up with something which is efficient and something that uh, will be will uh, will bring a lot of value to. Uh, to the to the developers and all the organization that uh, will uh, set up this uh, this pipeline. And uh, Mohammed, with the pipeline as code, uh, dev teams um, they, they can be quicker and uh, have more consistent releases. Uh, but there's also this idea that pipeline as code can reduce development costs. Do you do you think that's valid? And and how would that play out if so? Yeah, I I, I think it can reduce the development costs, but and also, it will help a lot of people. People goes onto uh, onto DevOps practices uh, because once you start uh, writing your pipeline as code, uh, you will end up with some uh, some kind of libraries or templates that uh, uh, that along the run you will start using them when you have a new project or a new feature to integrate. So we reduce a lot of time and a lot of energy and the resources. So instead of DevOps doing the, the pipeline on the CI server, you can have developers doing that because they just need to have these templates. They will need you to override some variables like the name of the project, uh, the GitHub repository, etc. 
and and, and from there they can just create a job based on this pipeline and that's it so so you will gain a lot of a lot of values so first you will have the entire organization uh, that will start using the pipeline so so in terms of the responsibility it will be uh, shared between developers and devops so everyone uh, will will be able to create and play with the with the ci cd pipelines and also you will reduce a lot of time and energy and you can uh, for, for put your devops team on something that will bring that, that will add and bring a lot of uh, a lot of uh, value to the company instead of uh, uh, spending time doing support and creating jobs and maintaining them. So you will have everyone involved in the organization. So for me, pipeline is good. It's something which is very useful. It's the same thing when we talk about infrastructure as good. So it's something that will uh, that will uh, that will add a lot of value to the organization, and uh, it can be also uh, like some sort of documentation because all the pipeline will be versioned and it will be treated the same way as your code so you can identify all the anomalies and bugs uh, ahead of uh, of deploying the pipeline so so for me it it, it brings a lot of uh, value to 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 people that are using this approach and uh, pipeline as code uh, also also talked about as infrastructure as code. You, you see those as as uh, similar, I assume. Yes. Yeah. So ba basically, it's the same. It's the same approach with uh, with infrastructure as code. You are just describing your entire infrastructure on templates files, and from there you are using a tool that will just use the the provider API to convert this infrastructure that you have written on templates file. To uh, to commands, and with the pipeline as code, it's uh, it's it's quite similar. So you are just describing your CI/CD pipeline stages or steps on templates file, and then you use a CI server that will just read these steps sequentially on or in parallel, and will execute this uh, this uh, stages. So uh, so at the end of the day, either with infrastructure as code or pipeline as code, the the, these templates files will be stored on a remote repository and you will treat them the same way that you treat your, your source code. So you can do pull requests, you can do review, uh, you can uh, also uh, uh, have some, uh, some tests that will be executed each time you add a stage or you remove a stage from the pipeline to ensure that uh, uh, everything will be Will be working as expected, as, as expected, and you won't break the pipeline. Right, and uh, just one more question, real quick. Um, uh, even though pipeline is code, um, it automates a lot of things. Um, you're still going to need some sort of uh, operations and infrastructure expertise. Uh, could you, uh, you know, talk about uh, that skill set and, and where that would come in with a with a good uh, pipeline's code operation? I think even though uh, uh, pipeline as code, as you said, uh, it makes the job easier for people to create uh, jobs and build uh, uh, CI CD pipelines, but it requires uh, do some knowledge. So for instance, if we talk about infrastructure as code, if, even though if you are using a tool like Terraform or CloudFormation, you will need some basic knowledge of AWS services and their API and documentation in order to, uh, to write 
the resources or using the infrastructure as code approach. And it's the same way for, uh, for pipeline as code approach. You will need some knowledge uh, on how you can interact with the Jenkins plugin, for instance, if we were talking about Jenkins and how you can, uh, for instance, uh, uh, run unit tests, uh, etc. cetera. So, uh, but I think, uh, I think uh, there is a lot of resources today on, on uh, either on Jenkins or other CI server that allows you to, to, to start quickly uh, uh, with the pipeline as code. So, so you just need uh, to, to get familiar with the basics on, and also on the, on the overall structure of a pipeline as code. So for instance, if you are using Jenkins, you need uh, to, to be familiar with uh, how you can write a Jenkins file, how you can do a uh, try catch uh, for, for errors, etc. Once you get uh, familiar with these concepts, I think it's it's uh, really easy uh, to to write a CI/CD pipeline uh, from there. Well, thank you for joining us today, Mohammed. Uh, where and uh, where and when can people find uh, your upcoming book, Pipeline as Code? So, so the, the book is available on Manin website, mm -hmm. and uh, for now there is uh, two parts that were uh, were already released, and uh, the the third part will be released in the upcoming weeks. Thank you.